Hello everyone and welcome back to a very special episode of the Dream On podcast. I'm your host Jennifer and today's episode is all about a little sleep study that I've been doing on myself. I have about 15 days worth of sleep tracking to analyze. I did take some breaks in between. I wasn't wearing my Fitbit which is what I've been using to track my sleep every single night. I was taking like a couple nights a week off because it does actually get kind of annoying wearing it on your wrist because you can't wear it super tight and you also can't wear it super loose. So it's like a very in-between way that you have to wear it. So it kind of gets like caught on your wrist and on the blankets. And sometimes it would bother me in the morning when I woke up. So I... I mean, like, that would be, like, I guess my review for the wristband, (laughs) but in terms of sleep tracking, it did seem to do a really good job, and I have a lot of data that we can look at, but like I said, it's not like I have a full 30 days yet. However, once I hit that 30-day mark in terms of sleep, I'm going to look at all this stuff again and look at all my 30-day averages, but right now we can think of this as, like, a benchmark episode in terms of the self-sleep study that I'm doing. And there are some really, really interesting things to look at that I want to talk about today. So that's going to be what we'll cover today. But also, I would just like to mention that in the description of this episode, you will find a link to the podcast Discord server, which is finally open. And I am asking all of you to please let me know if there are any problems with it. Like, I need you to tell me if there are issues so that I can fix them. And everyone, please be nice to each other on stuff and stuff on there, because if you're not, then I will shut it down. <laughs> so this is like going over to you guys. I hope I have a good listening community, but I don't know, because I haven't really interacted with all of you yet. So <laughs> we're all going to find out how nice you guys really are. But uh, the Discord server is now open, so everyone can go in there and like interact with each other. It's really supposed to be a space for you guys to share your dreams with each other and help other people learn lucid dreaming because it really does help I think in the lucid dreaming space to have people that you can bounce ideas off of and like encourage each other because it's pretty difficult and also as we've covered extensively on this podcast there aren't like a ton of people that you'll meet in your day-to-day life who are willing to discuss this kind of thing with you or who even really know what it is. So I think that the Discord server will be a really good space for all of us to just like get together and hang out and like share, you know, even like pictures of our dream journals and like all that stuff and just get excited about dreaming and lucid dreaming and sleep health. So it'll be a cool spot for that. And I encourage you all to get on there, check it out. But I want to mention that In order to stay in the Discord server, you need to go on and you need to claim a role. I have like a little message on there where you can react with one of the set emojis and claim a role. And if you don't claim a role, it will automatically kick you off the server because I don't want to have a ton of people who just like come on one time and they just check it out and then they leave and they never interact with it again. So I have like the auto kick feature on. So claim a role if you want to stay or claim multiple roles. You can claim a few. And for all of my patrons on Patreon who have been helping me test the server a little bit, thank you guys so much. And if you are a patron of the podcast or you once were, then you can message me on Instagram or through Patreon and just let me know with your Patreon username. And then I'll give you the special patron role on the server. And you guys have a couple bonus channels on there where you can like request uh, short episodes and stuff like that. And also just talk to each other as patrons. So 
it's going to be a cool space. I think it's going to be awesome. I'm really, really excited to see like what everyone does on there. I think it's going to be super fun. So yeah, it's going to be great. But uh, that's not the main purpose of this episode because I have to wait for it to come out for you guys to all get on there. So I'm excited. But today we're going to talk about the sleep study. And I have a beautiful Google Doc in front of me, a nice spreadsheet that I just made because I entered all my data on there from my app and I'm looking at my journal, my uh, dream journal. I just forgot the word for dream for a second. <laughs> That's fine. And I have been actually like keeping track of my dreams every single night for the purposes of this study which is actually not something that I normally do just because it takes a lot of time and I tend to remember my dreams fairly well in the morning anyways. So I don't need to like write them down every single day to recall them. So I tend to only record the ones that I really care about or that were lucid in general. And I leave the ones that aren't lucid or if I just remember like fragments of a dream and I know that it was just kind of the chaos of waking up as you're kind of like slowly coming to consciousness you have like flashes of images sometimes that aren't really fully formed dreams so I don't write a lot of that stuff down even though if you're just learning how to lucid dream you really need to because you your recall is not that good yet but I've been writing down everything and it's actually been really good so I've been trying to record every single day and I'm going to keep doing that for the sleep study and the sleep study honestly has been so interesting for me personally just learning about how long I spend in each sleep phase at night, how many hours of sleep I'm getting every single night. And I have been enjoying it so much that I think I'm probably going to keep doing it even past where like the 30 day mark is just for the podcast. And then I'll be able to like come back to it every now and then and talk about how my sleep is changing. And hopefully we'll be able to look at it over the years at some point And it'll just be like this really cool in-depth project that I'm, I'm doing on ongoingly I guess is the, is the word so it's it's gonna be cool I like it a lot and I think we should talk about the results if you guys are ready for that I think that the best place we can start when we're talking about this is probably just in terms of averages and like generalizations so first of all it's very interesting to know now uh, because I found out through doing this that my normal sleep times I normally will sleep for between seven and eight and a half hours. And that varies a lot day to day, which is pretty surprising. Um, but if you really think about it, right, between seven hours and eight and a half hours and a sleep cycle is supposed to be like between an hour and a half and two hours, that means that my sleep every night is probably varying by about one sleep cycle. And obviously like my the time I go to sleep varies as well, but normally I go to sleep between 10 and 11 and it doesn't vary very much outside of that. So there's only like a one hour difference there at the beginning. And then at the end, there's that full hour and a half. So obviously when I go to sleep has like a huge impact on that. But if we're only looking at the tail end, it really does look like that sleep cycle is kind of just moving like forwards or backwards based on where I go to sleep. So the number of cycles that I'm getting every night appears to be pretty consistent based just on the time. But if you guys recall from previous episodes when we covered the sleep cycle, there are those clear phases that you go through supposedly like per sleep cycle. So there's the light sleep, 
and there's REM sleep and there's deep sleep. And those in terms of like a purely logical like, oh yeah, X, Y, Z like chart are supposed to happen in like a certain order and, and all that stuff under like perfect conditions, you know, but real life doesn't follow perfect conditions and it doesn't follow this perfect pattern every single time. So I, looking at all the data and stuff, I saw that um, my sleep, there were even a couple of nights where I got zero deep sleep and I 100% noticed. Like I wrote in the journal where I was keeping track of the dreams. I was like, hey, like this was like the worst night's sleep of my life. Like it sucked so bad. And that was coincidentally, I would have never known this if I hadn't been keeping track of this for the study, but it was the same week that I got my freaking period for the first time in three months. And I went to sleep that night and it was all REM and all light sleep and zero deep sleep. Zero. It wasn't like, oh, I went into, I went to sleep, I hit deep sleep for five minutes and then there was none. It was literally zero. I never hit deep sleep. It was just REM all night, like literally freaking fever dreams the whole time. And um, I also found out through doing this because I wore my my Fitbit during the day as well, like a few times at the beginning of this. And then, like I said, it was like starting to annoy me. I have it on my wrist all the time. So I stopped wearing it during the day. But when I was wearing it during the day, um, it was during my period and just before. And I've always had like really bad um, heart palpitations from it, just from getting my period. And I was actually able to see this time that my heart rate picks up from my normal resting rate, which is like about 71 beats per minute, which by the way is like perfectly average for my age. So we're good, my heart's healthy. But um, it picks up from the normal like 70 beats per minute to like, it would go to like 100 beats per minute and I would just be sitting there and I could just like feel my heart start skipping. And that was just from my period. I would just get these intense like, heart rate spikes for no reason at all. Just like sitting in class, doing nothing, sitting at home on my computer, doing nothing. And that's why I feel so crappy. It's just like crazy. To, to everyone out there who gets your period every single month, <laughs> that could not be me. I'm literally like, <laughs> I'm waiting for menopause. Like I'm like, please early menopause, like I'm ready. Um, it's so annoying. But um, anyway, I, I thought that that was really uh, crazy. But also, um, and this applies to everyone, including people who don't get their period. Um, it was very interesting because I would check my heart rate like right before falling asleep so I could see what it was. And then I would check it right when I woke up. And this is also at the beginning. And right before falling asleep, you know, my heart rate would be at the normal resting of like 70 beats per minute. Um, or like 74, you know, in that kind of range. And then when I would wake up and I would check it and I was just laying down, it was still down there. And then when I sat up or like was actually starting to like kind of get up and start moving, it went all the way up to like 100. Like when I get up and start moving in the morning, my heart rate spikes up so high. And then once I'm actually active and like moving around, then it's not that high anymore. But for me, during that short wake-up period where I'm, like, sitting up and, like, starting to move to go get dressed and everything, it's, like, my heart rate is so high. And I was like, ooh, I, I don't know if that's good. But it was still interesting. And um, I think it 
explains why I can't just like get up and kind of go back to sleep sometimes because like once I get up and get going like there isn't like that leftover sleepiness it's just like okay like I need to go and um obviously when I wake up and get going like I really get going my heart starts pumping and you know my brain is like full of oxygen and I'm like oh let's go let's get ready for the day so that was funny um to learn because I didn't know the specifics of that you know you wake up and you're like well I'm awake now but I learned that there was like a huge difference in my heart rate just between laying down and sitting up that was just it was pretty crazy um and like I said that's not my normal resting heart rate when I'm sitting down so you don't need to be worried about me but (laughs) but just specifically at that time for some reason that's how it is Um, In terms of the extremes, like in terms of uh, the sleep extremes for the data, I actually went through and I looked at all the individual nights of sleep and then I notated what I thought was like important for just this overview that we're all looking at right now. And so I notated in this little doc the number of clear REM periods that I had and the number of clear awakenings that I had each night and then also the number of clear periods of deep sleep I experienced. So these aren't exact numbers because sometimes in sleep, right, I would have a moment where like all of a sudden my wakefulness would spike and then it would fall down literally after like one minute and then after one more minute it would spike back up. And so I just counted those as one period of wakefulness because obviously it's it's basically the same. There were only like 60 seconds between that. So I tried to stick with like the clear periods, what I'm calling the clear periods here of like, it was actually like an extended period of time or it was small, but it was isolated and there wasn't one that happened immediately before or after it. So I'm kind of compounding some of the periods here. And so it's not exact numbers but for our purposes exact numbers don't really matter we're just kind of we're we're trying to get a ballpark figure here for each of these so according to the app my best night of sleep that i got was on february 19th and this is also the longest night of sleep that i got this whole time that i've been studying and i slept for eight hours and 47 minutes which I've been talking about before, my normal sleep for right now is between seven hours and eight and a half hours. So this is way on the far side of the longest night's sleep that I'm getting right now. And I had four clear REM periods, four clear awakenings, and four periods of clear deep sleep. This was a Sunday and I can tell you that I actually remember this day because I was like, wow, like I am exhausted the night before and I was like, I'm just gonna sleep forever. And then I did, <laughs> I just did not wake up. I just, I just kept sleeping. And when I woke up, I was really surprised to see how late in the morning it was because normally, like I said, I've been getting up like pretty early. My normal wake up time right now is around 8 a.m. So it's, It's very interesting to look at, but on this particular night, which according to the app was my best night of sleep that I've gotten so far since I've been tracking, I was awake for 12% of the night, which is a total of one hour and 12 minutes. I was in REM sleep for 20% of the time. I got two hours and two minutes of REM. I was in light sleep for 48% of the time, which is four hours and 46 minutes. And I was in deep sleep for 20% of the time for a total of one hour and 59 minutes. And for the averages 
for women my age because it gives you like a healthy little average section so you can compare where you're at. Um, the normal awake time is between 5 and 15%. The normal amount of REM is between 15 and 25%. And the amount of light sleep is between 40 and 60%. And the amount of deep sleep is between 15 and 25%. And this is the kind of stuff that I was telling you guys about in the last episode where I was saying that I was hitting pretty much the exact averages for everything. Um, like I have our average resting heart rate, I have a super average looking sleep cycle, the amount of sleep that I'm getting is probably pretty average, like that seven to eight hour mark of sleep is probably very average. And I, I appreciate that a lot because I think that then when I'm sharing all this data, even if you guys aren't actively tracking, tracking your sleep, because I'm hitting so many average markers, it's probably fairly there's a fairly good chance that your sleep is not too different from mine just because I'm hitting the exact midline in terms of that average. So assuming you don't have like extremely good sleep or extremely bad sleep, your sleep patterns are probably not too far off from mine, which I think is great because I'm sharing all this stuff. So you can actually compare to me and be like, oh yeah, it's probably not that different. Um, then after looking at the best sleep I've gotten, we can look at the worst sleep I've gotten, which were over the span of a couple of days, which I mentioned briefly before, they were February 14th and February 15th. And it's extremely interesting because in the app, when I'm looking at all the data, it's actually says that February 14th was totally fine. And there was nothing wrong with that day of sleep. I got like an 83 sleep score, which they say is good. I got good sleep. And then all of a sudden on February 15th, I got a 72, <laughs> which is fair. It's like, okay, sleep. And on February 15th, I only slept for seven hours and 28 minutes, which in itself is not a horrible number. But in that time, are you ready to hear how much deep sleep I got? I assure you that you are not. I only got 15 minutes of deep sleep that entire time. So right when I went to bed, I fell into deep sleep for only 15 minutes. And then I instantly had a wake period and I was like fully awake for a little while and then fell into light sleep, had a tiny bit of REM, woke back up, fell into light sleep, REM, woke back up, tiny bit of REM and then more light sleep and woke back up. So it was a night where I just did not hit that deep sleep at all. But I think it's really like, it's weird because in the journal, as I was recording the dreams, I first recorded on February 14th that I had bad sleep. And this horrible day was actually February 15th. Um, so the night that it said was good, but that I said was bad, I fell into like a deep sleep immediately, which is the normal pattern for me. And I can only assume everyone else based on what I know about the sleep cycle. And then I had some REM and then like a tiny period of deep sleep. And then I didn't have any deep sleep through the middle of the night. And then I had a little bit shortly before I woke up. So these were two nights where even though I got more deep sleep that first night, it wasn't like spread throughout the night. It was just kind of like one huge chunk at the beginning and then there wasn't a lot after that. 
And there were also a lot of periods of wakefulness this night that were not like, oh, like one minute. It was like a few minutes and they were all spaced out like pretty far apart. So I think that the issue was just restlessness. And I think that that was probably from um, cramps because I did not have like a, it wasn't a fun period this time, guys. It was really bad. I thought I was going to pass out on Thursday. Like the Thursday before I got it on the weekend, I was in my Chinese culture class, which is a great class. If you've never taken like any sort of Chinese culture classes, good class, fun class. But I was sitting in class and I was like super zoned out. I was in the middle of answering a question. And then all of a sudden I had this moment of like intense disassociation, fully stopped speaking mid answer and then like forgot where I was. And then like all of a sudden I realized where I was and I finished answering the question and I was sitting there and the girl next to me, she did not have any Advil or anything. And like y'all, my head fell backwards in the chair. Like I was really close to passing out and I, I like woke myself back up before I did, but like it was not good. And it was just from pain because I didn't have any painkillers and I almost left early, but I, I, I don't know, man, <laughs> it was really bad. It was probably one of the worst ones I've had in a long time, probably like a year, um, but it was, it was great. <laughs> so, um, but this is like, this is that time. This is around that time. Um, so it kind of, kind of lines up, you know what I mean? Which makes a lot of sense. It brings things together for me. So now, you know, it, it kind of justifies when like during the day and I feel like when I feel like I didn't have a good night's sleep, this justifies to me that like, yeah, I do know what a good night's sleep feels like. Because most of the time when I look at all my averages, I normally hit around like an 81, 82 sleep score, which is pretty darn good. Um, so I'm getting the REM, I'm getting the, the light sleep, which is important. I'm getting the deep sleep. And so I'm hitting all those perfect averages, like I talked about, and I'm getting that good average girl sleep, which is awesome. But, um, when I don't hit that, I really do notice and I really do feel it because I need my average sleep guys. Like I need it. You guys know, like I do a lot of lucid dreaming. I do a lot of like just like dream analysis. I care a lot about my sleep and I know that it's very bad for me when I don't sleep. So this has definitely justified to me that I know what good sleep feels like and I know what bad sleep feels like. And so when I'm not feeling good during the day and I don't feel like I slept well that night, it's probably true that that's the case because it does line up with like the data that I can see in front of me. So that's always good to know. It's, it's good to know that you're actually doing a good job understanding yourself and you're not, you know, making stuff up. Um, and in most of the cases, it was like, like I said, in those cases, and also like a couple other ones that I had that were not so great of sleep, it really does seem to be like the more times I had those uh, periods of wakefulness that were spread apart from each other and weren't just like, you know, 60 seconds, which is probably just you moving or something like shifting in bed. Uh, it's actually like, you know, a few minutes of being awake and it's spread a lot throughout the night. So they're not super close together because that really just, it interrupts the whole sleep cycle because then you can't kind of gradually fall into that deep sleep and you can't gradually come out of it into the REM and then the light sleep and the waking up. Um, or rather the deep sleep, light sleep, REM sleep, then wake up or whatever the order is. It varies a little bit because it's not a lab. These aren't laboratory conditions. Things can be a little weird, but 
hopefully you guys are not going from deep sleep directly to wakefulness because that is no good. You will feel like garbage. <laughs> and that did not happen to me this whole time, thankfully, because at this time where my school schedule is at, I actually don't have to set alarms because my classes are late enough that I don't need to, which is wonderful and it is the best thing for my health because <laughs> waking up to the alarm is so bad. And I am one of those people where like, if I set an alarm, I will wake up before it. And I tend to wake up between like 20 minutes before to even like five minutes before, um, which is absolutely perfect. I wouldn't have it any other way. I hate waking up to the alarm. So honestly, it's ideal. I just don't like setting alarms anyway, because I, I honestly think they give me anxiety while I'm sleeping because when I'm waking up early and stuff, I think it's because like I actively hate hearing the alarm go off. And that even goes for when I'm taking a nap because I started taking naps during the day before I go to work in the evenings because I've realized that it's made me feel way better. So I've actually been experimenting with nap length as well. And I will report back on that because guys, I'm definitely a napper. That's what I've discovered. So napping is good, 10 out of 10. I would totally recommend naps, but uh, yeah, just figuring out the sleep cycle lengths and just all that stuff so that I'm sleeping properly and I'm feeling better when I'm awake and all the results so far have been really promising and really good and I think I'm getting some pretty thorough data that's like consistent so I'm getting actual results that I can look at and analyze so things are going really well and I'm really excited to see where it goes in the future as I get more data and I I can like look further at like I guess kind of like my larger menstrual cycle because as you guys know, I, I normally hit that three months in between. <laughs> so who knows when everything's happening during that time block, you know? So it'll take literally probably like a year for me to get like a, even a couple menstrual cycles like fully to see how they affect my sleep over the course of like the longer term instead of just that week and the week before. Um, but we'll, we'll see how all that goes in the future. Who knows what's even going to happen with that. Um, but yeah, we've, we've gotten good results already and I'm really excited to see where it goes. Now, before I end the episode, I wanted to get into some of the dreams that I had over the course of this time because I think that there's some really interesting stuff in here in terms of the, like, content of the dreams. And I don't just mean like, oh, this is a fun story, even though I have a couple of those. But relating, once again, I'm gonna like... <laughs> I'm gonna just kill this topic I know in this episode like sorry if you don't care at all about this but also relating to when I was on my period and all that stuff you guys my dreams for that week were so horrible and the week before oh my gosh I literally cannot even repeat to you guys some of the stuff like I don't it's really bad and it's like it's just a lot of like very gory stuff, which is extremely unusual for me. And I'll talk about my normal dreams that I had during this time right after this. So you can see like the contrast, but I had dreams about animals dying very bloodily. And I had dreams about like someone I know, like their corpse. And it was just like genuinely the most horrific stuff you can imagine. And it's very interesting because in the cases that I remember the most clearly, which unfortunately were several cases of this happening, I would be in the dream as normal, doing normal stuff, having a normal dream. And then all of a sudden, 
this stuff gets like inserted into the dream out of nowhere. Like in the dream with the corpse in it, um, I was just like with my family in the dream. We were in the desert. We were like, I don't even know what we were doing. We were like hiking or something. And then all of a sudden, like, boom, there it is. And it's like, it was so disturbing, just deeply disturbing in the dream. And after I woke up, it was horrible. But it's just, it comes out of nowhere. And all of a sudden, it's just in there. And I do not know what the heck causes that. I don't think anyone does. But it was just like very, um, it's almost like intrusive thoughts. Except I wasn't having intrusive thoughts because I was just centered on the dream. And in some of these cases, I was actually lucid. And I was just having a normal lucid dream, like going along with the plot line, having a nice time. And then all of a sudden, something extremely violent would happen. And I'd be like, holy heck, like what on earth is going on? And it was just out of nowhere for no reason. And it happened night after night after night. And then like shortly before the end of my period, it stopped happening. And it hasn't stopped. It hasn't started since then. Like I haven't had any dreams like that. And it's like it is a direct correlation. Like it is so direct. And as I keep collecting the data and looking through it and just like organizing everything, I think we're going to see that pattern probably reemerge in the future. But now I will actually have like a definitive record so I can actually be sure about these things and talk about them like I know what I'm talking about because I will. I'll have everything written down and it'll be great. So it's, it's going to be good. But contrast those dreams, okay, to a couple dreams that I had within the course of just a couple days. And in one of them, all right, um, I was... Like it was, it was very complex and I don't want to get into like the whole thing because it's, it's kind of long, but, um, in the dream, I was like following this like group of, I think they were soldiers or something. I would have to check my notes, but we were crossing over this land bridge through the ocean and it was like kind of wetlands with like water all over the sand and everything. And as we were walking, I spotted like a little shopping stall and at the stall, they were selling these little tiny plushes of Mika from Seraph of the End, my baby boy. And I was like, oh my gosh, like they have these little Mika plushes. And I ran over to it and I was like looking at them. And the whole dream, like everyone who was like acting in the dream, they just like stopped what they were doing and just kind of awkwardly like waited for me to like pick one. And it was just, it wasn't like super awkward because... I, I don't know, like, it, there wasn't, like, an awkward vibe, but it was just, they kind of just, like, stopped and were, like, waiting, and, and I was just, like, deciding, like, agonizing over if I wanted to take one with me, and I, I actually decided not to take one because I was, like, you know, this is a dream, like, I can't actually get it in real life, like, I don't, I don't want to carry it around and then wake up and have it not be there because it's so cute and I love it, um, so I did leave it, but in a similar fashion, I had a different dream where I was also lucid and I was in a mall in the middle of a dream, like in this mall. And there was a food court on the bottom floor of the mall and there was like a fountain in the middle. And I saw a churro stand and I immediately ran over and I, I got a churro from the guy at the stall because I knew it was a dream, so I didn't have to pay, you know, he just gave it to me because I wanted it. And so I just like took the churro, no words exchanged. I just wanted it and got it. And I ate the churro and it was so good. And then 
Um, like a few minutes later in the dream, not that much time had passed, I was passing by the same place again and I ran over and I got another churro and I ate that one too. And I woke up in the morning and I was like, yes, like those were so good. And genuinely like one of the best dream moments I've had in a while, just like eating that churro. Oh my gosh. Like that's what lucid dreaming is all about because when you're asleep at night, you can have dreams about eating churros. Like, come on, dude, that's the best. So I ate two churros. I did not get that little Mika plushie, but I really wanted it. Um, and all in all, like I, I had like other dreams like those that were just like good and nice, but those moments specifically really stood out to me and I wanted to share them. And those were like the kind of small moments that I might lose if I wasn't writing down all the dreams every single night because the overall dreams from those nights were not really standout, but those specific moments definitely were. So I was really glad that I was recording already, just just trying to keep recording because that meant that, meant that I definitely got those moments and kept them um, forever. And now you guys know about them too, so they can live in all of us. Um, very sweet, very nice, uh, good lucid dreams to have. So I think that that's going to bring this episode to a close. Actually, we've hit a good half hour, which is perfect and wonderful. That's like the ideal episode length. Um, so thank you all so much for listening. Remember to join the Dream On Podcast community discord server, and you can actually share the link with other people, but please, please, please only share it with listeners of the podcast because I don't want a ton of random like lucid dream people to get on there. I only want like the podcast community. Um, I don't want randos on there. I just want people who like know the podcast and like all the same stuff that we do. I don't want outsiders. (laughs) It's exclusive. It's just for us. So only share it with other people who are listening to the podcast. Um, Also little, little update on the like Spotify situation. The Anchor app updated. Uh, That's the platform that I use with Spotify where I release the podcast. And now I can see the number of Spotify followers we have for the podcast. So on Spotify, there are 1,287 people following the podcast. And obviously that doesn't include people who are following on other apps. That's just the Spotify listeners who are following So thank you to those people. You guys are awesome. You're the best. If you're listening and not following the podcast on whatever app you're using, guys, like, what are you doing? We're, we're in season three. Clearly you've been listening enough that you should be following the podcast. (laughs) So thank you guys so much for listening. Enjoy the discord server. I know I will. I'm really excited to see you all there. Goodbye and dream on.